Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Beautiful. You may be seated and let's open our Bibles to John chapter 3 and uh, verse 16. And then we'll go over to Romans the 8th eighth chapter and we'll look at the 32nd verse. Now, Father, I ask for utterance today to speak your word, Lord God, boldly, accurately and with clarity. I pray that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light, that our spirits would be strengthened. And as we hear the word of God today, that we would be encouraged in you and that we would even grow spiritually all week long as a result of the word of God. In Jesus name. Amen. So uh, I want to talk to you about one of the greatest gifts that you can ever get. I believe that the whole purpose of Christmas is summed up in John 3.16. In John 3.16, let's read it together. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So it all starts with love. Love that he gave. You know, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. God so loved us that he gave the very first and best Christmas gift. It's the most expensive gift that you can ever receive. But aren't you glad that the gift of Jesus is free and for you to receive? Amen? Then turning over to Romans, the 8th chapter, and we notice this 32nd verse. Romans, the 8th chapter, and verse 32 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The message says this, If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? He took the worst. That's you and that's me. But he gave us his best. And so since he loves us enough, To send us Jesus. How shall he not with Christ give us all things? It's powerful. How many of you have ever ever received a gift inside of a gift? What is a gift inside of a gift? Well, it kind of goes like this. You get a box. You open it up. And there's a box inside. And then you open it up. And there's a box inside that. And then you open it up. And there's a box inside of that. So inside one gift is a bunch of other little gifts. Well, God's gift to you is Jesus Christ. We could say that's the big gift. That's the big box that God gives us. But inside Christ, there's many other boxes. There's many other gifts. All of God's gifts are wrapped up in Jesus. And when you receive Jesus, you get all the other gifts that God wants to give you. 
And so today, I just want to look at one of those gifts inside of the big gift. When you get born again, God gives you a brand new identity. You know, the fastest growing crime in America today is, in fact, identity theft. That's why they have uh, such companies like LifeLock. You know, Brenda and I have LifeLock. We got a notice probably three or four months ago that our identity had been compromised. It wasn't anything major. It's just that uh, some password was sold on a Russian black market. And a lot of times those things come to naught, and it did come to naught. And uh, I mean, at first we're kind of, gee, what's going on here? But so there's a lot of uh, emphasis on identity theft and protecting your identity. How many of you remember years ago that Target sent out a notice that I think, I don't know how many it was, I think it was 40 million credit cards had been stolen. And sometimes a person's identity can be stolen by other people. Sometimes it's stolen by parents. Parents say, well, I want you to do this and I want you to be that. And, uh, and you know, instead, you know in your heart that God meant you to be something else. Identity also can be stolen by friends. It can be stolen by peers. It can be stolen by the culture. It can be stolen by media. How about Hollywood? I mean, we were just down in Hollywood a while back, you know, over Thanksgiving. And my, there's a lot of would-be actors down there. <laughs> there there's, there's just a, a ton of people, man, that are just, you know, seeking for the gold and, and trying to... What basically they're looking for is they're looking for their identity, but they're looking for it in the wrong places. And so this culture, this picture of you have to look just like this. And you need to take this vitamin so you can look like that. And by the way, you got to wear your hair a certain way. And if you don't wear your hair that certain way, you're just not cool. You're just not in. And you can't have over a certain amount of waist. You have to look just this way. How many of you know it's a lie straight from the pit of hell? But people who don't know their identity, people who don't know they who are in Christ... They fall prey to the pressure of the culture. Now, most people get their identity from one of three sources. Number one, from their work. Number two, from their relationships. And number three, uh, from things. You know, people say, well, uh, what do you do? Well, I'm a carpenter. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a truck driver. I'm a homemaker. Whatever. No, no, no. That's what you do. That is not who you are. That is not your identity. And then others get their identity from their relationships. Well, I'm a mom. I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a father. You know, I'm a husband. I'm an uncle. I'm a grandparent. I'm a boss. And then other people get their identity through what they, what they have. Well, this is my house. This is my bank. These are the things that I collect. And I find my identity in my hobby. Let me give you some very important advice. Never, ever base your identity on something you can lose. We'll say it again. Never, ever base your identity on something you can lose. Your mate, 
your job, your house. What I'm saying to you today is this. There's only one thing that can never be taken from you. And that is God's unconditional love for you. You are loved unconditionally by your good, good father. And the world didn't give him to you. And the world cannot take him away. God is in the business of changing identities. And so let's look at some in him and in Christ scriptures. And let us allow this to settle in our spirit. Be reminded of who we are. For some it will be a new revelation to you. But let's look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want you to pay particular attention to that phrase, if anyone. This is a promise for anyone. Those who receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior become new creations. They become new creatures. When you turn your life over to Him, it's not like turning over a new leaf. It's like you get a whole new life. Thank God, say it with me, I thank God I have a new life. And so we get a whole new identity. Old things are passed away. The past is gone and should be forgotten. Some of you need to forget the ghosts of Christmas past. Some of those haunting things that try to come up and torment you. Forgetting those things which are behind. And pressing on now toward the mark For the high prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, you're a new creation, but you're also what the Bible says, the righteousness of God in Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, I want you to notice this. It says, for he, God made him, that's Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Of God in him. Amen. So this righteousness. That has been given to you. Is a part of your identity. What it gives you. Is right standing with God. And right standing with God. Means this. That you can stand. In the presence of a holy God. Without a sense of fear. Without a sense of inadequacy. And without a sense of insecurity, because you've been washed in the blood of Jesus. That which was not right in our lives, the blood of Jesus makes right. That which was not clean in our lives, the blood of Jesus cleanses us. That which was bringing torment in our lives, the blood of Jesus sanctifies us, makes us pure, makes us holy, and sprinkles us and cleanses us. In every area of life. Amen. So say it with me. I am. By the grace of God. The righteousness. Of God. 
in Christ. When I was born. Now I'm teaching now. <laughs> when John L. Thomas and Francis N. Thomas had their youngest son, Mark Francis Thomas, born at St. Mary's Hospital in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on November 5th, 1950, I did not have to work to be a male. I came out as a male. You're looking at a male. I was made a male by my creator. I didn't have to fight to be a male. I just came out as a male. Well, when you got out of darkness and you came into the kingdom of God, you didn't have to fight to be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Your creator made you. Your creator created you in the image and likeness of God. And he put righteousness on the inside of you. That's who you are. That's what life is all about, is living in your righteousness and living in the presence of God. And it's a gift. It's, it's a gift. It's a gift inside the big gift. Jesus has been made unto you wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Look at Romans 5 and verse 17 now. Romans the 5th chapter and the 17th verse. Great verse of scripture. They're all great. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Of course, that's speaking of Adam, right? Much more. How much more? Much, much more. Now, notice this. They which receive the abundance of grace and what? So we could say it this way, that grace must be received and righteousness must be received and both are a gift. And as a result of receiving this gift, it's not by your own works. And as a result of you and I receiving this gift, what happens? We then qualify to do what? To reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Oh, glory to God. This new identity of being a new creation and the righteousness of God in Christ enables you to reign. It'll get you places you could not get before. How many of you have ever been stopped by the police before or the highway patrol? And they, that's several of you. <laughs> and what's the first thing they ask you for? They ask you for your identification. Can I see your ID? Can I see your driver's license? Guess what? If you don't have your driver's license and you don't have identification, you ain't going nowhere. Except maybe jail. And if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't, if you're not aware of what belongs to you and who you, what you have in Christ, you won't go anywhere in life. You'll just kind of Barely get along and just kind of float along the world system, not reigning. You've been called to reign, not to be reigned on. You've been called to dominate, not to be dominated. You've been called the righteousness of God in Him. Amen. 
I like it this way. This new identification gives you the preferred believer's advantage identification. It enables you to walk in places that you've never thought possible before. It enables you to have doors open for you that no man can shut. Can we go a little further this morning? Look at Romans, the 8th chapter, and the 16th and the 17th verse. These are gifts inside the gift. And it's so important that we embrace this and believe this and receive this and say this and live this. In Romans, the 8th chapter, in the 16th and 17th verse, it says that the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. So what do we see in this verse? We see as new creations, as the righteousness of God in Christ, we have become heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And somebody says, well, that sounds good, but what does that mean? Well, it means this. It means a joint heir means one who is in union together with an inheritor. The Amplified says it this way. If we are his children, then we are heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. So together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Now, I shared this verse last week, but I want to share it with you again. I want you to notice Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. And we'll read this verse together. Let's look at it in the Amplified Version. Ready? Read. And he raised us up together with Christ and made us sit down together giving us joint seating with Him. That's shouting ground right there. What kind of seating? He gave you and I joint seating with Him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Are you ready for a statement that's going to knock your socks off? A joint heir means equal possession because of equal position. A joint heir means equal possession because of equal position. Oh, glory to God. The Bible says that Jesus was appointed heir and lawful owner of all things. The NLT says this, that God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. Are you ready for another statement that will put your socks back on? (laughs) You know, you guys listen really good. If Jesus is heir of all things, and we are joint heirs with Him... That makes us heir of all things as well. We have inherited everything that Jesus has inherited. So don't let the world tell you. You're too old. You're too young. You're too fat. You ugly. 
You don't have any talent. If you're not the most beautiful, you don't matter. If you're not the most educated, you don't matter. If you're not the most talented, if you're not the most athletic, you just don't matter. Which means that 99% of us here do not matter. The devil is a liar. This world system is a liar. This godless world system under the spirit of Antichrist is a liar. But we trump lies with the truth. And as we stay in the truth and let it dwell in us richly, it sets us free, keeps us free, and causes us to rejoice in the Lord our God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The world may say you're a loser, but my God says you're a winner. The world may say you're ugly, but my God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The world may say you are incomplete. You do not have the full package. But my God says that you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. The world says that you're rejected. You're a loser. But God says you are accepted in the beloved. (laughs) Woo! Stop listening to the labels that the world gives you. Don't let anything or anyone name you what God has not labeled you or named you. Hallelujah. Learn the truth. And then here's a real important point. We don't have a lot of time today because we're going to rejoice around the communion table. But here's an extremely important point. We must learn the truth and tell ourselves the truth every day. Remind ourselves of the truth every day. Because this world system will try to pull you away from the truth. Try to get you out of what you know to be true. Learn the truth and tell yourself the truth every day. And the scripture for that is simply found in Philemon 6, which says this, and I'll quote it to you. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. See, the good thing that's in you which is in Christ Jesus is you're a new creation. You're the righteousness of God. You're an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You are beautiful in His sight. You are loved unconditionally. And you are a man and you are a woman that Jesus came to give his life for. Thank God that we can get our identification from him and in him. Webster's defines identification as this. To consider or treat as the same. The condition or fact of being the same in all qualities under consideration. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And we do need to close here in a moment. Ephesians, the second chapter and the 10th verse. Are you getting anything today? That's how it ought to be when you come to church. You ought to come to give something and then you ought to receive something. It's a two-way street. 
Now notice this in verse 10, a great verse of Scripture. I know I say that a lot, but they're all great. We're talking about great and exceeding precious promises from a great, great God. In verse 10, it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Amplified says that we are God's own handiwork. We are His workmanship. We are His masterpiece. We are a piece of the Master. His workmanship comes from the Greek word poema. The idea is this, that we are His beautiful poem. The Jerusalem Bible translates workmanship as a work of art. You are a work of art. Now I know that we're under construction. Amen? But God just keeps painting His plan on the canvas of our heart. And the picture just keeps getting clearer and clearer and clearer under the perfect day. God's got a plan for you. He loves you unconditionally. Talk about it. Think about it. Rejoice in what He's done in that you have a new identity. Amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and receive communion now.